0: Well, hello there, everybody, as we are back with another edition of the Extra Rounds Podcast on Fan Sided MMA and Sports Illustrated MMA. And we're going to start the show in just a minute. But before we do that, this episode of the Extra Rounds Podcast is being brought to you by TestStrips.com. That's TestStrips with the Z, ladies and gentlemen.com. Managing diabetes is your business, making it affordable is theirs. You can sell your extra unused diabetes supplies for up to $50 per box and support a worthy cause that causes. The fight against diabetes. Why would you have extra diabetes supplies to sell? Maybe you've switched brands of testing supplies. Maybe the accumulation and overstock of supplies over time. Maybe the unfortunate news of a relative or a significant other passing away. Whatever that is, you could turn those extra unused supplies into cash. At Teststrips.com, they'll buy all major brands of glucose test strips and lancets, including AccuCheck, Bayer, Freestyle, and OneTouch, and they offer a simple-to-use, fully automated platform where individuals can submit sales orders and request prepaid shipping labels to ship your items. Once the package is received, they will send payment within 24 hours via business check or PayPal. How about that, ladies and gentlemen? They will then take those supplies, they will resell them online at significantly reduced prices, sometimes up to 80 to 90% off pharmacy prices. They do that because... They don't want these supplies to go to waste or expire and they want to create a more affordable market for those who are not covered by insurance. What a company this is. You can learn more by going to teststrips.com, teststripswiththez.com, with the or calling 855 strips with the z1. That's 855 strips1. teststrips.com. Better Business Bureau accredited A-plus rating for over five years. They are affiliated with the American Diabetes Association. They support the Wounded Warrior Project. And they have partnered up with one of the biggest sports radio stations in the country, 98.5 The Sports Hub in Boston. Test strips with a Z.com. Sell your extra unused diabetes supplies for up to $50 per box and support a worthy cause and support a just a fantastic company. Now, let us start the show. Fan-sided MMA and Sports Illustrated MMA present the Extra Rounds podcast yes exactly let's go get him. we're gonna shake things up now here is your host mike jack well it has been a minute ladies and gentlemen but we are back the hiatus is over you're listening to the Extra Rounds Podcast on the Fan Sided Podcast Network. My name is Mike Heck. I am your host broadca- broadcasting excuse me, from our studios here in beautiful Berkshire County, Massachusetts. And I will tell you that soon that will all change. And that's kind of the reason for the hiatus. I'll get into that in just a little while. But it's good to be back. It's going to be talking to these tremendous athletes that compete Inside the cage, inside the ring, inside the octagon. In today's episode of the show, we're going to talk UFC Milwaukee coming up on December 15th. Very excited to get back into this thing. It will announce the lineup coming up in just a few minutes, but a lot of people have been asking me, Mike, where have you been? Where's the podcast? What's going on? Well, a lot has been going on. I got to tell you, my full-time job has been absolutely crazy and has been pretty much the entire year. And these last few months have been a little hectic because in terms of my career and things I want to do, where I want to be, I've been working on that. And the dream for myself and my family is to relocate to one of our favorite areas of New England, Cape Cod. We want to move to Cape Cod. So I've been working on making that happen, and I'm happy to say that that is a reality. I have accepted a new position, a new job, with a fantastic company called Cape Cod Broadcasting Media, and I'll be starting up with them on January 7th. So I'll be moving to the Cape. My family will not be moving with me to start things off because my son is in school. He's five years old. He's a very routine kid. And if we pull him out of school and try to put him in a new school halfway through the year, he's probably going to lose his mind. So I'll be kind of taking the trek alone. Well, not kind of. I will be taking the trek alone to the Cape. And then, you know, six months down the road, once the school year ends, my family is going to join me. So it's a little scary, but I am very excited for this move and all the things that are coming. Now, in terms of MMA... A lot of the problems is because I've been so busy, I haven't had a lot of time to really do a lot of different things. I have you know, broken some fights and you know, done some different things, got some comments and things like that, but I haven't been able to do very much in terms of the MMA circle. But I'm trying to get back into it because once I move down to the Cape and my workday ends, I'm going to have all this extra time on my hands. And then that's going to open me up to do a lot more interviews, a lot more writing, and a lot more different things covering the sport. So the hiatus is over. We're back at it. And we got a great show coming up. Later on in the show, for the first time, I'm going to get the chance to chat with Mike Rodriguez. He's going to be taking on Adam Milstead at UFC on Fox 31 in Milwaukee on December 15th. And speaking of that card, we're going to kick things off with Rob Font. So we're keeping it UFC Milwaukee. And we're keeping it Boston, Massachusetts. Rob Font is going to welcome Sergio Pettis back to the UFC Bantamweight division in a big main card fight. Rob Font, of course, coming up that loss to Rafael Sunsau looking to bounce back. And really interested to talk to Rob Font. I mean, Thanksgiving just came and went. He's in the middle of training camp in the middle of Thanksgiving. I mean, that couldn't be easy. So we'll see what Rob Font's up to, see how he's feeling heading into his big fight with Sergio Pettis on December 15th. We'll talk to Rob Font next on the Extra Rounds podcast. Oh, like an asshole, man. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the show, everybody. We move ahead to our first guest. He'll be back in action two weeks from this Saturday in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. UFC on Fox 31. He takes on Sergio Pettis, who heads back up to 135 pounds. Happy to welcome Rob Fod back to the program. Rob, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, brother. How you doing? I'm doing great. So I hear a lot of commotion in the background. You just told me off air that you're in Vegas right now. What's going on? Yeah,
1: no, we're in Vegas. Um, I had to come out here and get some medicals done. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. So, but I always come out here and um, you know break up the camp and um, you know just kind of get away, get a break from just the day to day grind and um, you know just you know a little mental break.
0: So, we're recording this on Friday afternoon, Are you gonna go to the fights tonight?
1: Yes, sir. So um, I'm gonna do this interview, uh, go grab something to eat, then I'm working out at the PI. I just got done with some um, PT, and then. Um, I'll be at the fight tonight, and then uh, I'll lead Sunday
0: morning. So, we're a couple of weeks away from the fight with Sergio Pettis. It's a really good card, and this is one of the featured fights on that card. How, how is Camp Ben? How are you feeling as you get ready to head back into the cage?
1: You know, Cranston, it uh, started off a little rough. I was uh, getting beat up, man. I was at, I brought in some, um, some real fast uh, amateur box boxes to, to kind of mimic uh, Sergio Pettis. I bought a couple of Southpaws and, and some righties. But then, once I got adapted to the speed and I got adapted to the. the 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 amount of punches they threw. Um I started feeling, I started getting good. But then you know, obviously towards the end I'm I'm feeling great. I'm feeling sharp. I'm you know, I'm putting you know, I don't wanna brag too much, but I I put a couple guys down with some body shots and um you know I'm feeling great bro.
0: Your last fight was back in July at UFC 226. You took on Hafiel Asuncao. It didn't go your way, but you went the distance. You weren't able to get the win, but I thought you proved like you belonged in that spot and it just wasn't your night. Were you able to find that silver lining despite not getting the win, and were you able to take some things away from that fight moving forward?
1: Yeah, you know, obviously it sucked. It was a, it was a, it was a tough one to swallow, tough to swallow. Um, you know, And obviously I learned a lot from that fight. Um, first of all, I just felt like, and now i know it's my sound crazy but i think i just took that fight way too serious you know i wasn't myself i, was, I think i was trying to be something else uh, you know um but with that that being said i uh, i learned a lot about just being in the right position at all the time at all the time you know he was always in the right position all the time and if he didn't like what he saw he would just walk away you know and i learned back from that. like it felt like I uh you know I fought. I felt like the amateur fighting a veteran you know and he was like uh, he uh, he schooled me on that and he, and I learned a lot from that uh, he's a great guy I talked to him afterwards gave me a lot of good advice I, obviously um I think, well, hopefully one day I can go out there and train with him. But uh, if I can get that rematch, I would love it. But uh, if I can't, I would love to even get to working with him.
0: Now you get Sergio Pettis in. In a lot of people's minds, like a lot of fight fans, this is a fight that just sort of came together. But going back and do a little bit of research, this has been a fight you've been asking for for quite a while. If memory serves me correctly. After you knocked out George Roop at UFC 175, you talked about wanting to fight Sergio when you spoke with the media. That was four years ago. Do, do you recall that?
1: Yeah, man, yeah. I, I I'm we kind of were coming up at the same time. Um, he was fighting uh, at the RFA, uh, I believe he was like, yeah, I believe it was the R F A is on the local scene and then um I was I was fighting for C E S and it was kinda of like I definitely knew about him, obviously from his big brother and all that, but uh, I figured out it was obviously it was no disrespect. if you go back to the interview, it wasn't no disrespectful like call or I have something against him. I just think it'll be a fun fight. I know that style. I've I've trained that same Muay Thai gyms for a while and I and
0: I know how to break that style down. What specifically about Sergio's style has drawn you to this matchup for so long?
1: It's just like I said, he's a, he's a striker first. You know, he's not going to go in there trying to grapple. I'm not saying he can't. I'm not saying he won't. But he's a striker first. He wants to get in there and mix it up, and you know, add the kicks in, knees, elbows, and punches. So like, and that's a fun fight for me. You know, I love those type of fights. I um, I think I have a uh, advantage with the power. Um, I think a lot of people are not giving enough credit as far as like you know, they're thinking I'm way too big for him, but When I was fighting at 45, I was knocking guys out that were way bigger than me. So it's like that doesn't mean much if you don't know how to use it. Uh, So if I don't use my strength, it doesn't mean much, you know. So, uh, but with this fight, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a little harder to hit. But once I do find my range and um, you know, saying slow him down, I think it's gonna be. You know, it's gonna be. It's gonna be a a fun night for me. You know.
0: Did you think like four years later that you would have the chance to fight him, or you kind of watching him do his thing at 125 pounds and just kind of let it go as you were doing your thing at 135?
1: yeah no i i thought fight, you know obviously the fight would never happen and know um, he went down to weight which was cool and you know obviously it was just whatever but then um he uh his coach roof rufus uh put out a post on instagram about how he wanted uh surgery to go up and he wanted to fight in milwaukee and all that and i got like i got so many texts and so many you know dms and they're like oh yeah, you gotta fight him you gotta fight i'm like uh hell like, yeah no, that'd be awesome and like, i actually went to send a text message to my uh, my manager tyson chartier and uh and he's like, Bro, I already got the contract. This is done deal. I'm like, Get the fuck out of here he's like no, I'm serious. He's like perfect. I was like, yeah, this is perfect. Like I, I, he saw the post just like they didn't instantly hit up Sean Shelby and then Sean Shelby hit him back within like maybe three to four hours. That's how fast they got done. I was like, perfect, let's
0: go. <laughs> in a weird way, whether they all knew it or not, it was kind of a bit of foreshadowing for his career in the future of 125 pounds, right? I mean, we've seen the reports, we've seen guys go public about being released from the UFC, reports of the division being dissolved altogether once DJ went to one and all of that stuff. What did you think of all that craziness?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, obviously it sucked uh, for the division. It kind of like put the you know, kind of a halt to the vision. Um, I definitely wouldn't, I, I would love to see, uh, DJ versus the T- DJ, uh, TJ Dillashaw fight, but you know, it is what it is, uh, happened. Uh, I think, um, DJ did what he had to do in, uh, as far as business wise. And, um uh, he, he doesn't, he doesn't really have much to prove anyways that, uh he's UFC. He was the man besides getting the belt back in the rematch. Besides that, he, you know, he, he's done everything he, he wanted to. And, 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 you know, he, I think he's happy, but, uh, yeah, it's awkward, but uh it worked out for me. You know, I got, got the, <laughs> a fight coming up. You know, a lot of fights are coming up. So, um you know, I got the, the Sergio Pettis fight for a reason, and I'm happy for it.
0: I know you're not a, a prediction guy. You know, your guy's just looking for the finish, however, you can get it in a couple of weeks. You want to make a statement in that division. So, in your humble opinion, does this thing go the distance?
1: Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> I'm in there. I'm trying to knock him out as fast as possible. And, uh, but, no, nah, you know, I'm, I feel like I, I don't really go to decisions too much anyways. Um, and if I do, it usually I'm, you know, I, uh, I'm on the uh, losing of them. But I, I feel like I, I, all my finishes, all my wins in the UFC are all finishes. So um, I'm not looking I'm not looking to go to the decision. I'm um, sorry, the decision. But if I have to, I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to.
0: But a couple more things we'll let you go. How was your Thanksgiving, man? I mean, were you able to enjoy it all in terms of eating some delicious food? Or did you have to tone it down a bit because you're getting ready for this fight? Was uh, was it a, a big enough buffer? Is to, in terms of bro, time before the fight uh, to get seconds?
1: Bro, I haven't had Thanksgiving in five years. A proper <laughs> Thanksgiving in like, five years. Like, I don't even believe in Thanksgiving anymore. I don't even care about Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I'm always fighting around this time, so it's uh, tough. You know, it, I mean, I had, you know, I had turkey, had a turkey, a lot of uh, lots of vegetables, but it didn't have like the pies, the stuffing, and the cookies, you know, the you know, drinking beer and all that. And so, um. Yeah, but I, I get Christmas now, so I get to go in there, go to Milwaukee, have fun, you know, uh, take care of business, and come back home, and um, uh, I'll have uh, my my uh, my girl's uh, mother makes a uh, Thanksgiving dinner for me, and um, enjoy it. Then
0: there you go. I know you're uh, being from Boston. I grew up in the Boston <laughs> area. You're big, you're a big Celtics fan. It hasn't been the the start for them we expected, but like all these major sports, it's a it's 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 a marathon, not a sprint. So, are you worried about the Cs right now? Do they have the juice to live up to the expectations here?
1: Yeah, I think um, you know they they won the last one, the Pelicans. If I'm not correct, right? They 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 just beat them. Um, yeah, ah, it's tough, man. They got to pull it together. Like when Kyrie and, and you know all the guys are together, that they, they're 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 smooth, and they're putting. But it's it's going to be tough, man. It's going to definitely be a tough one. Uh. I definitely think I see playoffs, but that shit, but I'm not sure about
0: that one. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing I want to ask you about, because we kind of have a little bit of common ground here. A few months back, I was introduced to CBD oil, the positive effects, and I've been taking it since the summertime, and I absolutely love it, and I, I see all the benefits in it. Obviously, I'm not a fighter, and you know, I've been seeing you post about it on your Twitter and social media. So talk about how beneficial CBD has been for you in your career and what it does for you as a fighter.
1: Yeah, no nah, man, huge, huge, huge! Shout out to Bio CBD. They've been taking care of me. It's huge, man. It helps with sleep. It helps with recovery. You know, it helps with all kinds all of stuff. But for me personally, as a fighter, it's more about the sleep and the recovery. You know, um, after each session, I, you know, I'll, I'll take a, either the I'll take the vape or the pills, and I'm, I'm just nice and relaxed. I get to drive home, and you know, um, I, know I'm, I know I'm taking care of my brain. I know I'm taking care of my joints. And um, yeah, I love it, man. Uh, I just want to give one more shout out to Bio CBD. They they've really been taking care of me. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, how do you how do you like it? Like, have you seen any um, any benefits or or changes? Because I've always done.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it definitely helps with it. Definitely helps with sleep. There's no doubt about that. It definitely helps with recovery. And I feel like yeah, I'm kind of an anxious person by nature, and I think it's definitely helped with that. I think that's the biggest effect anxiety, that I've seen. Right? Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, it calms you down, a mellow you down, and calm you down. And um, but for me personally, it's the sleep man. Like uh, you know, you get the best recovery from sleeping. And if anything can help you sleep even better, like why not? You know.
0: Yeah. So listen to Rob Font here and make it happen. So, all right, Let's but l- Last thing, man. Who who wins the main event tonight? Usman or Rafael de Dosanjos? Oh
1: man, it's a tough one, man. I might. Uh, I want to. I want to see uh, those guys do it, but it, Usman's an animal, and I'm going with Usman.
0: Yeah, he's a monster. Good stuff, Rob. Thank you for the time, as always, my man. All the best to you in a couple weeks in Milwaukee, and enjoy the rest of your time in Vegas.
1: Appreciate it, man. Thank
0: you. All right, there he is, Rob Font, getting ready for his big fight with Sergio Pettis, November, uh, excuse me, December 15th, a couple weeks from right now, in Milwaukee. That's a main card fight in the UFC's bantamweight division. All right, speaking of UFC Milwaukee, let's stick there, and let's stick in New England as well. as joining us for the very first time on the program. He's going to take on Adam Milstead in a couple of weeks. Fun matchup in the UFC's light heavyweight division. Let's chat with Mike Rodriguez-Bones himself. Mike, how are you, man? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. And happy belated birthday, by the way. You just turned 30, right?
2: Yes, sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: You're welcome. What, what is that like? I remember growing up and people talking about how crappy it is to get older. But for me, I'm going to be 36 in February, and I feel like I'm just getting started in this world. Like I feel like I wish I could go back and talk to 18-year-old me and be like, dude, your best days aren't even close to here yet. Like, How do you feel about being in the Dirty 30 Club?
2: I feel, I feel awesome, man. I, uh, somebody had told me, like, 30s is the new 20s, So, I, but I feel
0: fine. So, All good, right? So, See, it's just yeah. the beginning, right? We're just getting started in this world.
2: Just getting started.
0: <laughs> so for you, you made your pro debut in 2014 for Cage Titans, a great promotion in New England, and then three years later, you're on the Contender Series. You had one of the most exciting knockouts on that platform, and now you're in the UFC. So what has this last year, year and a half been like for you, going from regional prospect to being in the biggest fight organization in the world? It's been crazy, man. It's been it's been a dream come true. So you get to make your debut against Devin Clark at UFC 223 in April. Probably the craziest fight week in the history of the company with uh, Habib stuff, Connor, the, the shuffling of the deck in a lot of ways. Of, of all the yeah. weeks to make your debut, like, it's that one. What was all that like for you? Like, what was it about, you know, it's about as pure of a rite of passage to the UFC as you could get being a part of that week. What was that like for you?
2: Man, it, it was just unreal, you know. It was unreal. I um, I went and good thing I had Joe there because he helped me get through everything. He was just like, oh, be ki- be cool, be cool, and uh, it was just awesome. He's always said to me like, it's just brighter light. He's like, it's just cameras and brighter lights. That's all it is. And dollies. And dollies,
0: yeah. It's funny, because I remember talking to Matt Bissette before he made his UFC debut in Boston, and I asked him how his first UFC fight week was, and he said that being on the Contender Series really helped to prepare for everything. Like, not a lot of surprise. Of course, Conor McGregor didn't come down and throw dollies through buses at the Fenway Park parking garage, but outside of the craziness, is it like Matt described in your opinion, or is it a little bit different from your point of view?
2: Well, the Contender Series was so awkward, it was like an awkward thing. It it was like it was really quiet. Um, we we like um, we were warming up in the back in the uh, shipping room, and uh, it was just so it was like steaming hot back there. And um, yeah, it was just really different. And Joe had and you know Joe can't, he was on the Ultimate Fighter. He was telling me that he's like it's really weird, really strange fighting in there because. It's not a crowd or anything. It's just quiet, you know? And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And <laughs> legit how we described it was legit how it was. It was so awkward. So, like, I, w- I wouldn't compare the two at all. For anything, it was more awkward there in the contender series than it was uh, fighting in Brooklyn.
0: Yeah, in terms of being in the cage and fighting in front of all those people. Yeah, yeah. It was just so strange. <laughs> The fight with Devin didn't go your way, but there's always something to to take away from every fight, every training session. Were you able to find some sort of silver lining, some sort of clear sky in the night? As much as it sucks to lose in your debut or any time, were you able to take a lot away from that first fight in the UFC?
2: Oh, absolutely. Uh, Devin, believe it or not, he don't even realize it, but he, he definitely made me look at things a lot differently and treat the fight game differently. Um, when... Like I like I was saying is that uh, it's something that I noticed is that the guys at that level they're faster they're stronger you know they they're more crisp and um, I noticed a lot of things that he was doing and I'm just like damn I'm not on that level like I didn't feel like I was on that level and I'm like okay all right and after that fight you know I I always I was just saying to myself like I need to step it up I need to I need to get better. There's a lot of things that I need to do, and um, yeah, he he definitely showed me the way. <laughs> he helped show me the way.
0: Yeah, like yeah, like like for me, like I I always talk to people about like playing poker and stuff, and I always tell people like if you kick the crap out of your friends every week, you're not going to get any better. Yeah. You're just going to take your friends' money. But if you play with better players, you might lose at first, but then you're going to get better. It's kind of like the same comparison with fighting.
2: Absolutely, I, I would I would say the same thing.
0: So you get just the, oh god.
2: It was just a different ball game with him. You know, when he when I came out and fought him I was just like, Holy shit, he's like he, I was bigger than he was, but he was really strong. He was way stronger than I was. Um but I felt anyways. He probably, I don't know if he felt the same, but yeah, I thought he was really stronger. He um yeah, he was just more more prepared. I guess that's the best way to describe it. He was more prepared than most guys that you fight on the local scene.
0: Has it kind of changed your approach to the game a little bit in terms of maybe incorporating some different strength and conditioning, different different training regimens? Like, has it changed it up for this for this fight coming up on December 15th?
2: Absolutely. So, right after that, I had uh, a new manager, uh, Tyson Chartier, yep. who manages um, Rob Font, Calvin Cater, um, Kyle Botniak, and um, a bunch of uh, – Andre Sukumta, the list goes on. So I linked up with him, and he introduced me to a new um, to a strength coach, Mike Perry, who is not platinum Mike Perry, <laughs> but I was confused. <laughs> he, uh, Mike Perry, and Mike Perry's just a mad scientist. He's the head guy at SOS, uh, Skill of Strength in Chelmsford, Massachusetts. He just, he... Took me over. He looked looked at me, designed me. He's like, we can make you into a specimen. We can we can definitely make you into to a, a star. I said, all right, let's see what we gotta do. So the whole summer, I uh, worked with him, and uh, he just transformed me. You know, I just was like, all right. He said, do this, do that, do this, do that, and I did those things. And then I also. Uh, I uh I also got connected with a new kickboxing coach. Well not a new kickboxing. He's my first kickboxing coach since I was uh younger, uh Jake Manini, and he also helped elevate my game a lot.
0: Now you get Adam Ilstead in a couple of weeks. He's winless in the octagon, of course, that scary fight and finish with Curtis Blades. He came back a little over a year later and had that split decision to feed Jordan Johnson back in March. When the fight was offered to you, were you paying attention to Adam or is he a guy you've kinda learned more about as the training camp went on?
2: Um, well, at first I didn't know anything about him, and then like I had like a couple of the local heavyweights around here. They were like, Oh, we was linked I was supposed to fight him, I was supposed to fight him, I was supposed to fight him, and I was like, Oh, okay. And then I I, um so a lot of guys was they all like once helped me train to get ready for that fight. And so when I see, and then I started looking him up and everything, and I was like, oh, oh damn, this dude's a beast, you know? So um, I was like, yeah, I'm definitely down for that. And I, then that's when I started really paying attention to him is when we had got the fight. But before I'd even, I knew who he was from the Curtis Blades fight, but that's it.
0: Who are, you talk about some of the, the local guys that, uh, that, that kind of let you know a little bit about Adam. Who are some of those guys that you've been working with, sparring, training with to, to get ready for this fight?
2: Uh, Greg Ribello, it's a good, uh, close friend of mine. Oh yes. um, he fought the Contender Series twice. He, um, I also uh, worked with um, Tyler King, who he Tyler King was supposed to fight him, one, like uh, a while back before he uh, got signed, and um, and a buddy of mine, Eric Bedard, another heavyweight who was supposed to fight him.
0: It's just a, we're in a crazy time in the UFC. And I've been of the belief, and still am, at least for the last several years, that light heavyweight is division within the organization where there is a ton of opportunity. Like, you got the top three, top five guys at the top who are kind of like the usual suspects, and it's a big crapshoot in the upper end of that division. And then, you know, between like six and 15 and below it's kind of wide open so to me one big win one big highlight can really catapult you up the ladder and some big opportunities do you agree with that or you have similar mindset when it comes to 205 in the ufc
2: i think i think the thing with 205 is that it's going through a a uh a uh like a change in terms of because back in the day it was always like chuck tito um like Vito Bell for it. you know what I mean? It was it was always a stacked it was a stacked division. And now I think it's just going through a change since a lot of those guys are getting rotated out and it's all this new blood getting in. But I think like give it time within the next couple of years, I think that division will be be popping again. I just think it's just it's just going through a change. I don't think it's dead and I don't think it's wide open because there's a lot of killers in that division. But they're just sleepers. Like they either haven't fought yet that they like uh, come, came off from off the contender series or something, or they just, you know, they're, you know, they just haven't been able to show them, showcase themselves. But the fact that they picked up uh, Ryan Spann, who just fought in, from, in Brazil, he's he's a savage. He's a beast. Uh, Alonzo Minifield, he just got signed from the contender series. He hasn't fought yet. He's another monster. Like, you know, so I think, I think the division is is, is more is going to morph into something else. It's just, a lot of these guys haven't fought yet, or they just haven't, like, got the exposure and everything, you know?
0: But it's getting there, right?
2: Yeah, I, I definitely think it's going to get there. I mean, look at, uh, what's, what's his name? Dominic Reyes.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, nobody even
2: knew who he was, and he just fucking melted <laughs> OSP. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's definitely, it's just like, I don't know. I think also none of the guys there, like, like McGregor kind of guys. Like, they ain't like showboating or anything like that. So, they just like killers. But that division is dangerous.
0: I know when it comes to me, my career, what I'm doing, I'm motivated by family. Like, I'm motivated by my wife, motivated by my son. And I think about them all the time when I'm striving towards these different goals that I have. So, as a fighter, there's got to be a lot of motivating factors, I'm sure. But what motivates you heading into this fight on December 15th and throughout your career?
2: Uh, Well, one is also just obviously family, the kids, the wife, and um, bringing a a win home back for the team, and uh, just trying to work towards the steps to becoming one of the first champions in New England in the UFC. I think that would be awesome. Like we know, nobody from New England has won a title. They went up for a title. Florian went up for like 14. He went up with so many. (laughs) Um, You know, like, I guess you could count Tim Sylvia since he's from Maine. He's a New Englander. Yeah. But, you know, I I just want to bring a title home. Like, that's, like, one of my things. Because you see all these other guys, like, Tom Brady and Gronk, they're bringing titles home. The Red Sox has brought a title home. I'm like, all right, why not in our sport? Like, we need to get one, too. So.
0: You want the Mike Rodriguez Parade in Downtown Bosses. Is that what you're saying? you damn right. you <laughs> damn right. You want the duck boat treatment. That's what you're Get trying to tell duck me. duck boat stuff, yeah. <laughs> How old are your kids, Mike? Huh? How old are your kids?
2: My son is three and a half, and my daughter just turned two they, uh, on Black Friday.
0: I saw on Instagram that they're big fans of Paw Patrol, and my son loves that show. Do you have oh, nightmares or catch yourself singing that damn theme song in your head at random times throughout All the day? All the time. All the (laughs) time. Be there on the double. Oh, it's so terrible, man. My son (laughs) loves Paw Patrol.
2: He's always like My daughter, because he watched it so much, now she's all about it. And he moved on from it. He's been on, uh, he always goes through these little phases. So over the summer, it was all Jurassic Park. He wanted to see every Jurassic Park movie there was. Now he wants to see, he wants to watch Home Alone like 15 times a day.
0: Yes. Good call. <laughs> it's better than that damn Elf on the Shelf movie I have to watch 13 times a day. I, 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 I can't wait for his home alone phase. I'm very excited for that.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: So I haven't, I haven't spoken to you before, and with all the fighters I talk to, there's there's a couple of different trains of thought when it comes to predictions and visual, visualizations of these fights. Do you see this thing going down in a certain way on December 15th? Do you vision a certain finish and how you get your hand raised, or are you just concerned about getting the win?
2: Um. No. I, I So – that was another mindset, that uh, little thing I changed. I don't – I'm not concerned about – like, I, I don't try to obsess myself about the win. This, this is something I actually took from uh, John Wooden. Uh, you can't concern yourself about the win because, like, there's a step before that, before winning, and it's the executing the plan, so execution. So my whole thing right now is I just want to execute. If I go out there and execute, obviously it will lead me to the win. So, execution is the first step that I want to take in that whole fight. So, but in terms of like, just to make everything easier for your end and your job, I think it's going to be a stand up war. I think him and I are just going to like, either one of us either going to go out, which is not me. I'm definitely trying to knock him out, <laughs> or it will just go to a decision. But yeah, I don't see the fight going in the ground or anything of that nature.
0: If all goes well here, if all goes according to plan, you execute the way you'd like, what are you seeing in your future? Like, looking up and down the division, you talk about kind of the, the changing of the guard, things are changing, we got some up-and-comers coming up. Is there anyone that you're looking at, or is it too soon to think about that?
2: Um, it's too soon to think about that. I, uh, yeah, it's too soon.
0: I, I also saw on social media you're a you're a big fan of the esports world and I've never oh, really gotten well, into it. It's not that I haven't I just haven't had the time to, but you know, from going through your Twitter page you tweet about it a lot and I'm always looking for new things at the end of the day. So sell this esports wave to me. Why do you love it so much?
2: So I, I love games and I'm competitive as hell. So the fact that they made competitive gaming, like you can make a career out of competitive gaming. I thought that was, like, amazing. And it's always the games that I like playing. Like I like playing Call of Duty. I like playing um, Rainbow Six Siege, you know. So, you know, they have all of these teams, and these kids that play for that. So I always thought that was, like, really cool. And it just sold me. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> but it's, if you like games, you'll love esports. It's, like, you know, it's just like any other sport. Like, you're watching another person another team or whatever playing the sport that you like or the game. Well, in this instance, the game that you like. So watching some – and then just watching them do things and certain things they do, you're like, holy shit, I didn't even know you could do that. Like, you know what I mean? I'm always learning stuff from it. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. It's really, really interesting to me. Like, I just love it. So, you know, that's my whole take on it. It's awesome.
0: Have you gotten on Twitch or anything like that yet and had people follow you playing, playing games yet?
2: I I did I got on Twitch for, uh, a couple times in the past, but um, I I didn't stay consistent with it. It's just usually I don't have the time. Yeah. And uh, since the kids are like smaller now, the only times I would have time to stream is like when they're sleeping. And usually I go to bed like a little roughly right after them, so I don't. I'm like uh, nah, it's not gonna work. <laughs> so, but maybe when they get a little older, I would stream more often. Right. I'll get back to it and actually do it.
0: <laughs> Last question. What's the greatest yep. video game of all time?
2: Greatest video game of all time? Uh, What's your favorite video game pressure. ever? Um,
0: for me, personally, I would have Did I lose you? Shit. Hello? Oh, there you are. Right where you're about oh, to tell God. me what the game Sorry was, I lost that. you. It's all good. <laughs> what do you got uh, for me? For
2: me, if it, if I had a gun to my head, I would have to probably say... BioShock Infinite, all right, or or um, Metal Gear, the Metal Gear franchise, probably the Metal Gear franchise. That that is actually my all-time favorite. But BioShock Infinite's up there too because I love the storyline.
0: My favorite video game of all time is Mike Tyson's Punch Out. It's time to beat. <laughs> oh, Keeping
2: like yeah. it classic. I like
0: it. Oh, yeah. Bald Bull and Piston Honda and Soda Popinski and all those, all those characters along the way before you get starched by Mike Tyson 15 times before you finally get a win. What, I mean, that's just the ultimate adversity challenge as you're growing up. But I'll definitely yeah. have to check out the, uh, the e-gaming stuff for sure. And I want to thank you for the time. But before we get out of here, man, take the floor to let everyone know where to find and follow you on the web. Any shout-outs, sponsors, anything else you want to say, please take the floor.
2: I want to give a shout-out to Navarro, who's always prepping my meals. Thank you very much. Navarro and Chef Tony, you guys are awesome. Without you, I wouldn't be able to make the weight. And I want to give a shout-out to all my teammates, training partners that have helped me along the years to get to where I'm at. Thank you all. Love you very much. And I want to give a shout-out to Heap. Without Heap, you know, helping me pay for get, get gear, helping me, you know, with – flying people out for my fights and everything like that. Thank you so much. I love you all. And you guys can follow me at M-Rod MMA on Instagram, or on Twitter, or Mike Rodriguez on Facebook.
0: All the best to you, Mike. Good luck on December 15th in Milwaukee. Looking forward to it, man. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. All right. Take care. All right. You too. Bye. All right. There is Mike Rodriguez, everybody. Bones joining us for the very first time on the Extra Rons podcast. So big shout out to him and That's it. First show in a while. Wrapped and packed. So big thank you to Mike Rodriguez. Big thank you to Rob Font for joining us and look for them in action in a couple weeks. Two weeks from this Saturday, as a matter of fact, December 15th, as the UFC heads to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And that's on Fox. Really looking forward to it. Like I said, that's it. Big shout out to the sponsor. TestStripsWithTheZ.com. Managing diabetes is your business. Making it affordable is theirs. You can turn your extra unused diabetes supplies into cash, up to $50 per box. And you get more information at TestStripsWithTheZ.com. So if you're new to the show, if you listened a couple times and then we went away for a while and now you're looking to get back, make sure you subscribe to the show. One click of the button, you get shows immediately upon release. And I'm going to drop a little nugget on you because we are going to be back next week and we already have our first guest confirmed. and Jacek is going to join us on the Extra Rounds podcast as she gets ready for her co-main event fight at UFC 231 when she takes on Valentina Shevchenko for the vacant UFC women's flyweight title. And I'm very excited to have Ioannia back on the program. So that's it. Thank you guys very much. It's good to be home. It's good to be back on the Extra Rounds podcast. We'll see you next week.